the goal is going to try and do each week or each every other week. Right now, the plan is to do every other week. We'll see if that's too often. It's not often enough. We'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Is to try and do one one halachic topic connected to the parsha for about ten minutes, and then a some type of a muster hashkafa topic connected to the parsha for ten minutes. They'll give us the, the twenty minutes allotted for the allotted for the shear. Uh, we'll start with the halachic topic. The, 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 the Parsha starts with the fact that Yosef receives this sort of passing, this extra, extra garment above and beyond his brothers, and that sets the tone for this relationship of Yosef with the other, other Shvatim, which becomes very negative. And they become jealous, there's, there's hatred, etc. So the Gemara in the, in, in, in the Septuagint Shabbos, the Gemara takes out of this that a person should never differentiate between the sons, the children. A person should not be a ben made about him because if you do so, you're going to venture because of the extra two sloyim that he spent on this nice piece of clothing for Yosef. We have we ended up in Mitzrayim. That's how the, that's how the Gemara takes it. This little little detail takes you all the way down to Mitzrayim. Um, so it sounds like an interesting Agatha to Gemara, Masur concept, etc. But what's interesting is the Rambam actually quotes this in Halacha. The Rambam in Hilchos Nachalus. When he's going through the, the, the halachas of apportioning for children, the inheritance, he brings this this as a halacha. A person should not be mishama ben ben abanim. A person should not differentiate between the children when it comes to, to giving out an inheritance. Um, now, the language of the Rambam is also interesting. The Rambam, the Rambam's language sounds that that the Chachamim gave a command that a person should not differentiate between the, the children. Um, I feel about even a small amount because it'll come to some type of division and jealousy. But the Rambam has the word bechayov. So uh, there, there are those who. Um, the Bach understands the Rambam. The Rambam, this is only only true during his lifetime. At the moment when he wants a portion, his what's going to be for for Yerusha for inheritance, there's no problem with the, of giving one giving preference to one son over the others. There's an issue of the Torah you cannot take away the extra portion for Bechor that you can't do, and it doesn't work. If you had to try to do it, it wouldn't be effective anyway. Um, but amongst the uh, amongst the other siblings. We, we, you, Halacha said you cannot take a Yerusha away from one of the. Uh, you cannot take Yerusha and give it to somebody who's not supposed to be one uh, a person supposed to, to um, inherit. But amongst the siblings, you can you can make different amounts. Even though the, the the standard would be it's the same amount automatically, unless you assume otherwise. But amongst the siblings, you can change the amount. That's halacha. That's come say don't do it. It works. They don't want you to do it. Uh, they don't want you to dis- 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 disinherit one of the members, even if he's considered a Russia. The Gemara says it's a, he's, a, he's an evil son. He's a bad son. Um, he's treated you horribly, etc. Don't do it. You don't know what his grandchildren, his children, will be like. What your grandkids are going to be like. It's not worth it to take away the nachla. Maybe it's going to be good for the for somebody in the next uh, the, the next the next generation. But the Rambam, when he says this prohibition over here, he says it b'chayim. However, the Torah, when he brings down this concept, the Torah does not differentiate. The Torah applies this even at the time of death that a person should not differentiate between the, the sons. Um, we use a vehicle nowadays, which a person makes a halachic will. 
there's a vehicle how to do it in such a way that it, it should be considered work halachically to give people which are non heirs according to the Torah a portion also. And that's how we give uh, daughters or other other uh, adopted children, etc. We use that vehicle, and that's what's, what's commonly known in the law as Zacher. That's a vehicle which creates an indebtedness and with which you can create an indebtedness if you wish to do and by, by creating this indebtedness you, t- you tell that the halachic heirs that if you give so and so this amount of money we will forgo the indebtedness otherwise you're stuck with the indebtedness which is greater than the full estate so you might as well agree to it otherwise you're going to end up with, it, with this debt which is greater than the estate that's how we do that but the question over here is should you do that not how but should you um, what, is it considered proper to do that so the more has this concept called a very nachla. The more takes it a step weiter, which means cha- apportioning the nachla incorrectly. And the more takes it a step further. The more says that you shouldn't even be a witness on that type of a situation. So this is very relevant. A person is going to be a lawyer. So the Rama, when he brings it down, and the Shachar, when they bring it down, this is that a person. Uh, that a person who's giving his, his property to somebody else and he's taken away from his yarshim, um, even though his children are not acting properly, the Chachamah are not happy with that. And it's not only that, but it's proper, you shouldn't even be a, be a witness to that type of situation. So the question now moves not only from the question of the person himself doing something wrong, but the, the, the actors which are helping that are going to be a problem. That applies to one who's receiving it. Is anything wrong with receiving it? I mean, I'm helping by that I'm accepting it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking away nothing from somebody else. Um, so, on that, the, 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 one of the poskim on connected to Chosher Mishmet said there's no provision to accept it. It's a loss of money to you. You're not, you don't have to face a loss of money for that, for that purpose. You're allowed to accept this, the, the money which is being sent to you. Applying that to a lawyer, to witnesses, an notary, something of that sort, if he's going to have, face a financial loss because he's not, not, not going to accept the case or whatever it's going to be, he'd be allowed to do it. He definitely should not advise a person to do that. It's improper to advise, but a person w- who would be, be, be arranging it, and if, if he has any ability to direct a person not to do something which would be improper, um, so um, that would obviously be, be proper to do also, but he'd be allowed to do that. Ramesh has an interesting question where he says that this, this prohibition doesn't apply to a person who is clearly moved out of the total, total pale of, of Judaism. He's totally moved away and he you know, moved into some other religion, whatever it is, etc. Are you allowed to take away the nachla from him? And Rosh says, in that situation, the answer is yes, because you have to believe that the chances are his children will follow that path also. The more says, the reason why you don't disown him is because um, maybe the children, will t- the next generation will turn out better, but under the circumstances where you're, he's moved into an area where ch- the chances are, pro- probabilities are that's not going to happen, so then the, it would be, you would be allowed to do that. Um, I wanted to talk about it a little more at length, but I think just considering the, our time limits, um, let me just touch on... Person wants to give to charity. Let's to, to, to touch one more. The person wants to give to charity, but giving to charity is taking away nachla from his children. Um, so, is there any problem with that? So, um, a 
of course, I'm the game for number this at this point in time because I, I have to fundraise for it. But so, but um, but the the answer, the Russia says that there's no problem. He makes a fascinating uh, differentiation. He says that really there should be no problem with it because you don't have a responsibility to the money to your children more than you have to yourself, and you're allowed to spend money on charity. So why can't I give? You know, why can't why do I have more responsibility to my children than I have for myself? I want to give it to charity. He says now we do know that the more has a concept of a, of a, of a, of a cap. Person should not give more than a fifth of his property to the charity. So that the Ramah and Yerideus says it doesn't apply at the time of death. A person, if a person's arranging for in his will, he wants to give a larger portion to charity, more than one fifth. There's no limitation on that. He should not give everything to charity. He should give something, at least something of significance to his heirs. Um, Russia has different shuvas that have what's, what's called significance. One place he says a thousand dollars. Again, the shuva was written in the 1960s. You can, you know, extrapolate nowadays. Let's say five thousand dollars, something of that sort. Uh, one place he says it would depend on the, the, the size of the, the amount. One place he says even a smaller amount than that. So it's hard to know exactly. Um, with the number that he means, but it should be something of significance. But you can give a large amount to charity. He says, however, if the reason why you're doing it, if the reason why you're doing it is not because you want to give money to charity, it's because you want your kids shouldn't have it. So then, you, then you're, you're getting involved in this concept of the Gomorrah. You shouldn't be Mavernachla. You shouldn't take away Nachla from the children. See, if your goal is because you want to give charity, hate. if your goal is because you want to take away from your children, he says, then you, then you go into this prohibition and it would be also to do that. And again, it would be pro- improper for the lawyer to help for that, etc., etc., etc. Because that goes into this concept of being Mavernachla. Okay, that was the. Uh, Short halacha. You have, probably have some lawyers in this room over here that's relevant to. Um, anybody? Before we go right there, anybody has any questions on that? I have one question. Yeah. If you if you know that a number of your children may run through the money you're going to give them, do you have the right to impose certain kinds of restrictions? Um, for those credit trust or something of that sort. Something like that. Yes, that's it's, fine. It's totally fine. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I want to grab one over here. Um, so there's a, there's a beautiful piece. This is this is from the, the saver called Evan Schleim. Evan Schleim is written, was was well, was a, a Talmud of the Groh, of the Vilnagoyin, took together from different places where the Vilnagoyins wrote prolific, prolifically, and he gathered together the <coughs> ideas and created a, a safer of many of the points of the Vilnagoyin on different topics. Um, um, the topic over here is the concept which he calls Loisachmoid and Bitochen. So Loisachmoid we know is the Saras Adibris. I, I know which part it is. It's part of the Gation. But the Saras Adibris ends with Loisachmoid. It's the number 10 of the, of the Saras Adibris. So when Lagoyne says a concept with the Rukhai Mital, the, the Talmud of, of the Rizal, says, does the same thing. He says that the most important of the Saras Adibris is Loisachmoid, which sounds... To us, that's a little strange. I would have said, okay, Shabbat is the most important. Shabbos, keep it up aim. And he has Losachman being the most important. He says, we know a general concept that when something is number 10, and 10 is always a number which includes, it's, a, it's an inclusive type of a number, it's including everything which is up to there. He says, why is that? Because Losachman represents the meaning, is, 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 the, is the lack of the concept of Bitochen. Now, the Vildegard's translation of Bitochen doesn't mean God is going to make it work out the way I want. Bitochen means a relationship with the Kodesh Baruch to the point that you feel secure and safe in your relationship. You're not worried. A batuah. In modern Hebrew, um, the word for insurance is bituach. You're guaranteed. Right? Things will be taken care of. 
not, it's not the way I wanted to, but it'll be taken care of. I'm not worried. So be talking as a concept of not worried. It says when a person totally internalizes that concept that he's totally in a Kodesh Baruch hands, he's not worried, so that he's not looking outward at other people's things. I'm totally, if I'm totally comfortable where I am, then I'm not looking at some outwards. When I start looking at somebody else, it's because in some way I'm not comfortable with, where, with, what, with what I have and where I am. So I'm looking at you, I'm jealous of you. So Kino and Lashachmud is one side, and we talk about the other side. That's how the Vilna Gaon understands it. Um, let's just maybe just look at the, 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 the two phrases that he, you know, that he quotes out over here. We talk and we stop because him a clolim a kolamidas toibus. So we talk this connection to Kaddish Baruch this, this security, and he stops because therefore not needing large amounts of anything is a general uh, type of a property which will allow you to have all the good meters. That's the opposite of desire and jealousy. Then he says, The main idea is Vitochen. A person who is lacking Bitochen cannot maintain his Torah. Again, Bitochen doesn't mean, you know, it's going to work out the way it wants. Bitochen means this idea of, of that your, your, the Torah that you have is a relationship with the Kodesh Boru. Then he continues, he says, um, All of Eris, this is a strong language, everything, the root of it, the Bill of says, is Chemdo, this desire. Encompasses all of the Tzadibris, and truly it encompasses the whole Torah. Okay? The opposite is Hestapkus, who you said shall call a Torah. That's the foundation of the whole Torah. Okay? That's how the Milligan presents that. Now, if you think about that, it's a fascinating idea. Um, if you look at the Parsha, beginning of the Parsha, you have the brothers being jealous, which is Kina, and that flows a major part of the, of the Parsha. And the other end of the Parsha, you have Yosef in the boar. And then the the Chazal understand his conversation with the Saramashkin was because he should have had more Bitochen. Because in general, the Medrash says that Yerson was a Baal Bitochen, was a person who had Bitochen. And the fact that he, in this situation, he relied, the, the, the Chazal, says, so, so was the complaint. You're evil to Bitochen, you're supposed to take effort. You're supposed to do something. He says, when you, when you grasp at straws, that's not called doing something. Doing something means something which is logical, logical to, to, to try. He says, relying on this, the, 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 these type of people, which in general couldn't care less about anybody else but themselves, Mitzrayim, etc., is called grasping at straws. That's how the, the, the Chazish explains the message. That was the complaint against Yosef. Because he was a generally person who had Bitochen. So if you look at the Parsha, the Parsha is keen on one side and Bitochen on the other end of the Parsha. That's the Parsha. What's more fascinating is this is all t- taking place in Eretz Israel. But we know that there, this is already considered that the, the, the Gaulus started from the time of, of Yitzchak was born. So they're in Gaulus, but they're in Gaulus and sitting in Eretz Israel. The Villagoyne and the people, we're not going to have to look at the pieces inside. The Villagoyne says that the, the, this challenge was a challenge of Gaulus Edom. Gaulus Edom is the challenge of Kina. This Kina means we're not having a, a true relationship with the Kodesh Baruch inside we're not really connected and because of that we're busily, busy focusing outward and seeing everything in the world and, and being drawn towards it what you have, what I want, etc. but it's because of the lack of that relationship inside um, this is the partial which really delineates that we can be sitting in our Israel and still have that problem and we know that, the, the, that Yosef represents the individual who can 
is considered the Rashi says you know calls him Chazel. Base Yaakov is 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 the is the Aish. Base Yosef is the Lahava, and Base Yosef is Lakash. The fire is Yaakov's, but the flame is Yosef's, and Esav will be the straw which is going to burn. But it's only going to work when you have you have the concept of Yosef, which is balancing. So the Torah, as it were, is is balancing the the, the downside of what the Shvatim did, which led us led us down to Mitzrayim, was that they, that they they got it wrong. Now Yosef is not fault is not absolved from responsibility either. Um, Yosef is not absolved from responsibility because. It's a general, it's a very good question. Marshall grabs on the question. You shouldn't be Mishana Ben Menabonim. You have a kid that's doing very well and you want to reward him. Other kids are not doing so well. You know, right now you don't want to reward them. So what do you do? You don't you give, don't give them something. You shouldn't be Mishana Ben because it's going to create, you know. So Marshall says this is worse even in a case where the child deserves it. Yosef deserved it. He was doing very well in his learning, whatever it was. He deserved something. But still, you have to figure out how to do it in a proper way. But it also means you have to teach the child who's received the benefits how to deal properly with the, with the other, with, with his siblings. And Yosef is, is he's not balancing proper either. He's not doing he's not balancing out. When you receive something unique and something special, you have to think about, okay, so how do I how do I deal with my siblings who are not getting it? And that's a training which has to be worked out. So he wasn't and had he, let's say, we'll argue according to this whole regard, had he been in the true level of talking where he was supposed to be, which means had he reached the full level of this connection to Kodesh Baruch Hu, his response to receiving something special should have been so nonchalant that the brothers would not have been jealous. Right? But, but, but he was, you know, wow, wow, I can see this It's wonderful. I mean, I'm not... I'm not if, if I'm holding where I am, so externals really don't define me. That's what he, the means by means. I stopped was I'm not defined by externals anyway, shape or form, because the the inner, internal relationship is very powerful. I, I have a very very comfort level of where I am, who I am. So I don't need the externals to define me. The more I'm drawn to the, define myself by the externals, the more it's indicative of the fact that I don't have that balance. I don't have that understanding, and that's why we will have to say that Yosef himself was faulted, and that's something which he worked on towards the end of the Parsha, which will eventually let us down to Mitzrayim in a certain positive way, right? And eventually t- was able to take us out. The Atzmi Yosef, the the the, the, the internal being of Yosef is what took us out of Mitzrayim.